You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Hey, there's the music. That means it's time for Animal Talk. We're here to, to help you with your pets and have some fun along the way. Jamie Flanagan and with me today is... Hey, uh, Matthew Fox. How's, uh, what's up, Jamie? Hi, Matt. Thanks for being here. <laughs> My pleasure. Always happy to be here. It's a, it's a hot, sweaty summer, and we're enjoying it immensely. My shirt keeps sticking to my back. Can you help me with that? <laughs> <laughs> plastics. No, I have no, no idea. Right. Stop wearing plastics. I don't know. And uh, Sam is taking care of us, as always. Hi. Hey, Sam. Hi, Sam Nork. And uh, we haven't done this in a while, and I thought today might be a fun day to, to do it, is to uh, dig back for a little Animal Talk Rewind. Huh. Uh, dive in, dive down, back to 2008. And Digging we, deep, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Josh, Josh Gorgon. Josh, is uh, he's an author, and he wrote the book Marley and Me. Oh. Okay. Which uh, was later turned into a blockbuster a, movie. Owen Wilson. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the movie that I cried immensely to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, well, because you've lost a uh, favorite lost puppy or two. The same way. That's it. So uh, oh, I yes. didn't see the movie. We're gonna. Oh, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's it's heart wrenching. It really is heart wrenching. Yes, it is. But uh, yeah, so we got uh, we got a, a best of show from uh, it was like April of two thousand and eight when we talked to him when the book first came out. Right. And there wasn't even there wasn't even talks of the movie yet, so oh, it was wow. still just sitting on the bestsellers list and uh, wasn't really out uh, as the movie. So uh, here it is. We got Doctor Brad is part of the posse for this one, which is always fun to hear his voice. And Donna hmm. is uh, helping with the behavior questions. Uh, and it's pretty cool. It's fun. So uh, here it is, our Animal Talk Rewind. It gets connected to these folks gathered around me, like the gentleman across from me. Dr. Brad Davis here to answer any veterinary questions that you might have. Our brightest of the bunch. Answering. Oh, okay, there, there we go. Right. Hey, let me try that again. All I'm right. Donna Fournier, and I'm here to answer any training questions. She was on her Animal Talk house call, and so her <laughs> microphone was off. Yeah. Now, now she's back, and it's back on. And if you got a problem with a rowdy reptile, our buddy Rourke from ReptileSafari.org can help you out. Me, my name's Jamie. Just making sure everybody has a good time. He is the David Beckham of radio. <laughs> well, oh, my gosh. You you did like a, a now person. <laughs> I, no, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Usually you pull from way in the past, and I usually go, who? <laughs> this time I knew who you were talking about. <laughs> Whatever the problem is, we have these pet professionals standing by ready to help you out and uh, helping you with your pets. If you got uh, some sort of issue, they're here, and we're here. Lots of stuff to do today. Fun happening. Uh, Brad always checks the news for us oh, yeah. uh, for a little segment we like to call the National Animal. We like to uh, stay in touch with your emails and mm-hmm. questions, uh, update you with things going on. Uh, on the web, and then uh, bad animal joke of the week. Plus, today we have uh, author uh, John Grogan. John Grogan's going to join us. He uh, wrote a book called Marley and Me Life and Love with the World's Worst Dog. Oh, okay. I don't know uh, about that. So there you go. <laughs> I think there may be a couple yeah. of people that you, might uh, disagree may, with you. You may have to arm wrestle him on this one, but <laughs> uh, we'll talk to John Grogan and find out why Marley. Uh, is the uh, why and why is in love with the world's worst dog? Uh, it's coming up uh, in this hour. And your phone calls. One, the website is animaltalkradio.com. And uh, Brad? Yes. Donna's going to tell us all about her week. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh, geez. On the road again. On the road again. On the road again. I was in Chicago doing a puppy class. Mm-hmm. So had a good time there. It's a lot of fun. The rest of the week was just busy, tiring. Doing a lot of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's about it. The puppy class was great. I had about 40 people in it. Yeah. I think that's my biggest one yet. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Is puppy class better, better when it's more people or when it's just a few? It, it takes longer when it's more people. Uh-huh. I, I, it was a two-hour puppy class when it should only be an hour. So oh. that it, it does take a, a little bit more time uh, in, in that situation. But, but it was like, a lot of fun. And that's like 10 dog hours. Really. Right, right. So. <laughs> yep. It was it was great. It was absolutely wonderful. It was a lot of fun. Um, lots of really good puppies. 
really good, well-behaved puppies. Some older dogs, too. We had quite the mix. Excellent. Well, good. And it's uh, always always great. We can send Donna out on an Animal House uh Animal House. Yeah, Animal Talk House Call. <laughs> yeah, let's not go into Animal House. No, it's the uh, Animal Talk House Call. She'll come and uh, she'll come and help you out directly, live and in person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> look, you're sitting there going, "Yeah, okay." Well, it's kind of uh, what I do. So yeah. she's got she's got she's got mace on her back and like a flamethrower. Really? The, yep. Keep yourself safe. Oh, just that she can spray herself. Not she was she wasn't sprayed with mace. No, no, no. That, no. So she can no, that's protect protect badly at the that's, last. That's, no, 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 no. That's that's my protection. He oh, was no, saying. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. That's why. You know, it's really it's really fun to hike through you know national parks with a flamethrower on your back. It <laughs> is. So, Brad, what's uh, what's new in the clinic? Oh well, we had uh, we had a lot of annoying people. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> annoyed. One of the one of the things that always annoys me is. Uh, uh, called a dystocia, oh. a dystocia, and that's when uh, that's when uh, uh, animals are being born and they're having trouble. And we had uh, one of my favorite types, the eight-month-old cat, having giving birth, mm. and which means that the basically it got uh, caught on its first heat. And uh, the people just baby. they annoyed me to no end. The people they just got on my nerves after I moved the flea collar from the cat and uh, oh, oh, uh, oh. And, and saw there were three kittens there and a couple more kittens stuck inside. It just oh. it's just awful. It's just it's just again a lesson. Get the cat spayed, um, and they were asking me how they can avoid this in the future. And and I was thinking, have you it's... ever seen even once uh, the Price is Right? Um, and um, and but 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 again, it's just it's it's just it's just absurd that the cat should be going through that. But mm-hmm. it is, and Poor and thing. um, so so hopefully it's uh, hopefully it'll be doing better now. How how many kitties? Three so far. Probably two more there. One in the tract. One waiting to come out. Yikes! Oh wow! Still at the clinic right now? No, they, they took them home. They opted not to do anything. Of course. So, so tomorrow, course. tomorrow the cat will be uh, hopefully getting some care from uh, the Humane Society, um, oh. where they're they're planning on going. And uh, but but again, that's just one of this is a cautionary tale mm. uh, because it's it's when it comes to spaying. There's there was an old commercial on years ago about uh, keeping your car in shape. Uh, the the mechanic said you can pay me now or you can pay me later. Right. And that's what it comes down to with things like that. And this is one of those where the cat is suffering for absolutely no reason. There's no reason this animal should be mm-hmm. going through this. But you know the that's that's what's happening. <laughs> so just a cautionary tale for everybody. And then that's the thing we should uh, at this point we should outlaw cats. Yeah, yeah. there's talk of that. Yeah, there's talk about lying the cat. And it, <laughs> but, but oddly enough, it's only the play. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> not uh, just the musical. Yeah. Well, no, I mean you get it. You get into this, and it, it, it's when it gets into the people like, oh, pit bulls tore apart someone else, and it, it, it's you know they they say oh we should outlaw pit bulls. It's like no, it's not bad pit bulls. And it's, it's bad not, owners. It's bad owners. <laughs> and and if there was a, you know, I'm not I'm not much into government regulation, uh, really. But uh, <laughs> you know, if there was a way to regulate it, uh, who could own a pet? But you know, it's like being a parent. You mm-hmm. know, it, you can't regulate <laughs> who could be a parent, and, and you're not. There's not m- many regulations as to who could own a pet, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's a bad thing. And you can't you can't eliminate all the dumb people from the planet. Honestly, mm-hmm. oh my gosh! Everybody out of the gene pool. <laughs> uh, you know they they manage to do some of it on their own, because uh, then what would all the wrestlers do for work? Sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> we work into an empty stadium. <laughs> if you been to the vet, you need a second opinion. You got that medication? You're not sure if uh, you need to finish it or what exactly it's going to do. You, you've been sent home from the vet's office, and uh, you have to explain things to the wife now, and you've forgotten. <laughs> well, Doctor Brad can help you out. <laughs> we'll bail you out. And if it's the governor of New York, we can't help you explain things to your wife. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! No. Do we can, but uh, <laughs> not miracle workers. Well, that and human behavior. Yeah, we just don't tackle that here. Yeah, <laughs> it's and, a little too weird. <laughs> but Donna's got you covered on the other types of behavior anything with fur in a face she's got you she's got you covered on that feathers too sometimes and, mm-hmm. and uh fins sometimes she'll make a goldfish jump over a pencil if you're I, curious how that works uh, give us a call it's all conditioning and they're it's all trainable everybody laughs at me when i say that I about know. fish but they are trainable they no. really are carp are some of the smartest fish out there and uh of course our website Brad has some new cartoons up, and they Did are, you see them? Oh, are hilarious. They yeah, and uh, you got to check that out, animaltalkradio.com, and uh, lots of information on the website. 
how to get a hold of us uh, throughout the week through our email, just uh, jamie at animaltalkradio.com or any one of our first names, and uh, that'll get to us. And then, uh, of course, uh, pictures of things in on the show mm-hmm. and links to people we've talked to and uh, all kinds of great information. Mm-hmm. Like, say, if we were to have an author on, probably have a link to their website there. Sure. Uh, like today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. Yeah, it's coming up uh, our, our guest right now. He's a former columnist with the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer and an editor-in-chief of Organic Gardening. Previously worked as a reporter and bureau chief and columnist at newspapers in Michigan and Florida. And he's won numerous awards, including the National Press Club Consumer Journalism Award. He lives in Pennsylvania countryside with his wife, Jenny, their three kids, and animals in their lives for sure. And our guest today is... Uh, <laughs> John Gorgon. John is the author of Marley and Me, Marley and Me, Life and Love with the World's Worst Dog. John, welcome to Animal Talk. Hey, thanks for having me on. John, uh, everybody everybody has a dog in, in a, or a pet in their life. Not everybody, but many people have a pet in their lives that uh, truly just warms their heart and uh-huh. uh, brings them all sorts of joy. And they, they like to share those experiences. Why on earth would someone write a book about the world's worst dog? Well, uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I'm a journalist by trade, as you had mentioned, and I think all journalists want to write a book, and I was always thinking that there was some important topic I should write a book about. And I was always looking out there at other people's lives. But, you know, gradually it started to dawn on me that the story that was really important to me was the one that was happening in my own home. Mm-hmm. And it was the story of a young couple starting out in their marriage together, newlyweds, get this little tiny house down by the water in Florida, get it all fixed up, and then we bring home a little 15-pound Labrador retriever puppy. And that puppy quickly grew into a 100-pound steamroller of totally unruly, uh, hyperactive behavior. Our our vet said um, if he were a child, he'd be on Ritalin. There you go. But but he was a sweetheart, as as we all know, any dog lover knows, that, you know, good or bad, uh, high need or or easy, you know, we just love these animals. Oh, sure. And and so, you know, my story, Marley and Me, is really the story of, what all of us go through, you know, couples coming together, forming families, and going through life with pets in the midst, and how those pets uh, change our lives and change the people we become. Yeah. Well, John, uh, you mentioned uh, in the preface of the book that growing up, you had a dog that was like the perfect dog. Um, When you were a child, you were uh, 10 or so. And uh, you went out and got this puppy, and he was just like the dream dog. You called him Saint something, right? Uh, his name was Sean, and we all called him as a half a, half jokingly Saint Sean because yeah. he was so good. <laughs> you know, he just he peeled effortlessly. He walked along without a leash. Sure. He, you know, he did everything right. And so, you know, then we're new, you know, flash forward twenty years, and we're newlyweds. And, and now you I have think- this labor of love named Marley. Right, and we thought, well, how hard can it be? When we were a little kid, my wife had a really good dog as a kid, too, and we said, boy, that was, you know, it was easy when we were 10. It's got to be easy now that we're adults, and there's two of us and only one of him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Marley, Marley was, uh, he was a handful. He was a, he was a lot of joy. He brought a lot of laughter into our lives. But, boy, he, uh, he kept us going. Mm-hmm. Did he have a, did he, a difficult name, uh, giving him a name, difficult time giving him a name? <laughs> Actually, the, um, and I, I write about this in the book, that his name came out of an argument we were having. We were, we were trying to figure out what to call him, and my wife kept coming up with what I thought were overly feminine names for a male dog. Uh-huh. Like she wanted to call him Chelsea, and I said, what kind of a male dog's called Chelsea? Um, and I was coming up with names that she thought were too macho. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just happened that a Bob Marley song came on the stereo as we were debating, and, and we just in the middle, we both stopped and looked at each other and said, Marley, now that's a good name. Yeah. And that's how Marley got his name. Okay. <laughs> and um, it, it, what, kind of, what kind of lessons uh, have you learned about raising Marley that may have helped you? Uh, because this was kind of a test run for having kids, right? It, it really was. I mean, I... I I wouldn't say it was necessarily like a prelude to children, but uh, my wife didn't have a lot of confidence. You know, we were young, 20-somethings, and, uh, like, am I ready to, like, be a responsible parent? Mm-hmm. And we loved dogs. We always knew we wanted the dogs again. We grew up with them. Um, and so, and so yes, we thought, well, let's get, let's get a puppy and, and kind of, like, see how that goes. 
and, and so that's that's what we did. And and sure enough, even, you know, even as as we were going forward with him, and and he was basically turning our lives upside down and destroying our house. Um, my wife was very much blossoming as as uh, her maternal instincts were coming out towards him, and she was taking you know wonderful care of him and being very protective. Um, and so that was kind of our first step to starting our family, and then we went on to have three children, and and that was one of Marley's great redeeming qualities was he was wonderful and very gentle around the babies. Okay, uh, and was there was there any concern? Uh, bringing him into, or bring, well, bring, bringing the kids in the house. Well, the kids were coming in the house, but were, was there any concern about Marley and his behavior? Uh, well, outsiders had concerns. Like, mm-hmm. my, I remember my mother and some of, you know, older people in our neighborhood, they thought, oh, you're not going to have that dog around these brand new babies, are you? Mm-hmm. But, you know, we knew Marley inside out, and we just never, I mean, he was a very gentle, joyful dog. I mean, I remember there would be, Aggressive dogs would try to pick fights with him, like down on the bike path, and uh-huh. he wouldn't even get the clue that they were trying to fight him. He just thought it was his tail <laughs> would be going. He'd put his butt up in the air, <laughs> and he would try to play with them. And they're trying to pick a fight, and he was so big they couldn't really beat him up. Um, so at any rate, yeah, no, we never had any doubts of that. And okay. and uh, the babies would crawl on top of him, and, and he would just sit there very gently. Yeah. If you know, if I got on the floor with him, he'd want to wrestle and play rough. But if, if they were on the floor. He knew they were different, and he would be very gentle. Well, it, it truly is. It truly is an exciting uh, exciting story. Uh, it's called Marley and Me. Where can people find the book, John? Well, the book is, is, is just come out in paperback, and it's virtually everywhere. It's um, at, at all the bookstores, of course, and also at all the big box stores like Target and Walmart and Costco and Kmart. <laughs> Do you have a uh, website that we can give people? Yes, it's it's www.marleyandme.com. All right, John. Thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for talking. All right, be well. Three one. Thanks to John Grogan, uh, our guest there, author of Marley and Me. If you want more information about him and Marley and his book, Marley and Me, it's uh, a number one New York Times bestseller now in paperback. You can go to uh, marleyandme.com and uh, really good good writing. Good writing, uh, and uh, it's uh, life in love with the world's worst dog. But uh, everybody knows that uh, even the even the troublemaker pops off and warm your heart oh, the most. So uh, there you go, MarleyandMe.com, and that's John Grogan with mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the book there. Thanks for being with us, and uh, of course, uh, thanks to you for being with us. And uh, if you, of course, you have if you if you have some Marley-esque issues with your pets mm-hmm. if they're tearing up the joint. Uh, we can help with that. John should have just got a hold of us uh, 13 some odd years ago. We would have hooked him up. Yeah. No book. <laughs> yeah. See, well, good thing. <laughs> Otherwise, no book. He'd still be eating ramen noodles. But we know most of you can't write that way. So, <laughs> so it's really not worth it to you. You want to take care of your problem. There you go. going to help you with your pet. Of course, the website, animaltalkradio.com. We'll have a, a link to John's site up there later uh, for you. If you don't want to run around and grab that right now, you can uh, check it out later on our website, mm-hmm. animaltalkradio.com. And uh, of course, we also like to uh, answer email questions that come in through the website. It's a way to get a hold of us mm-hmm. electronically. Mm-hmm. And we do that throughout the week when they come in and then get to some on the weekend as well. Mm-hmm. Brad, do you have a question over there that sure. we wanted to uh, approach? Sure. When you write the emails, always start them. Dear Animal Talk. I have this on. Yeah, there it is. Hang on. Wait, 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 wait for it. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. Uh, I think I strained something. I have a one-year-old cat that has recently become destructive to our furniture. He used to use a scratching post, but now he prefers a recliner. We have decided to declaw Toby since we can't always catch him at it. Is this a good idea at his age, or is he too old now? And this is signed, Sue. Actually, yeah. I mean, obviously, you if you've already neutered him, it would have been a good idea to do multiple surgeries at once. That's mm-hmm. the easiest way to do so the animal's only under anesthesia one time. But at a year of age, there's there's nothing wrong with that if you were deciding to do it. Um, one of the things that, that you may have available, depending on your location, in, um, you may want to consider doing a CO2 laser surgery mm-hmm. for the D-claw. It's becoming more and more popular, not just more and more popular. It, it is something from my own experience in the clinic I worked at with the CO2 laser. Um, the animals do have uh, very minimal, if at, at all, I've, it, honestly, I've never seen bleeding with mm-hmm. that surgery. But even if you didn't have a, a clinic with a CO2 laser, 
the regular standard D clause just as as well because the pain medication is so advanced mm-hmm. now. You know, the the procedure is isn't that bad at all. So, yep. and I've seen a quick recovery time. And and also you're you're talking about we're one year old. Mm-hmm. Picture, picture at least another twelve to fourteen years of cat. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and oh, so, yeah. how many, more, how much more furniture are you going to buy in that span? So, right. it's better to do it at one than two than, than right. three than five and that. So, yeah, with the pain medication, just check on the pain medication. It's mm-hmm. it's a fine thing. Hey, one year old is not too old. And I just wanted to remind you that mm-hmm. my favorite right. food. Eight hundred two five nine nine two three one. Helping you with your pet, whatever the problem is, we do have these pet professionals here ready and willing to help you out. We're talking about Brad's cartoons. They're up on that website as well. They're very funny. They're selling for much less. They are wonderful. They're absolutely wonderful. I mean, you've outdone yourself this time. Um, and here's you the really thing about have. It's April. It's April. And so he puts them up on April Fool's, first, April Fool's Day. Uh-huh. And so they don't absolutely have to do with animals for right. the month of April. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a departure. So if uh, you go through the rest of the year, they're all animal-related, mm-hmm. animal-esque. Mm-hmm. But these... He's just off the boards with them, and yeah. they're they're great. And, I love and, them. And my, love and my wife, when she saw the ex, when she saw this, when she saw the cartoons, she said, "You're not really sending that one in, are you?" There's one of them that she said that about. That, that uh, really the say, yeah. There's one that she the no 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 not that one. Which one? No, well, you know, just one of them. I'll, I'll tell you later. Okay. We don't want we don't want to ruin the excitement for people. No, I know, I know. That's yeah. why I was thinking. That's why I struck a pose over here. Was it this one? <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, no. So I appreciate that, Jason. Yeah, we'll it's good that. stuff. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get those published someday. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and a big, giant coffee table book. <laughs> and tattoo parlors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, uh, if you need some help with your pets, uh, cartoon or not, uh, we're here to help you with that. You give us a call, 800-259-9231. And then uh, the questions come through the emails as well at questions at animaltalkradio.com. Brad, do you got one there? Sure do. Dear Animal Talk. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. I am curious why all of a sudden, after three years, our dog has started dragging her bedding out of her crate and into other rooms of the house. She's a Jack Russell who's pretty mellow compared to most other Jack Russells I've seen. But this is really getting annoying. Can you help me? Thanks. And this is signed, Nancy. Dragging the bedding out of the kennel? Yes. So she she's obviously not comfortable in the kennel anymore. She's decided her bed is somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And if you're not needing the kennel any longer, you can take it away and just mm-hmm. give her a bed. That's that's her place to go. She's pretty low key dog by the sounds of it. So mm-hmm. it would be perfectly okay to go ahead and and just give her the uh, the the bed itself. Mm-hmm. So rather than taking away anything or you know trying to put her in that kennel it doesn't sound like she needs it go ahead and just give her the dog bed she's dragging it out she wants to be out mm-hmm. and and if it's good for you if it works for you and she's not a chewer and she doesn't have any other behavior issues there's nothing wrong with it the only other thing that could be is if this is an intact female this could be a hormonal oh, thing too yeah it could be nesting behavior mm-hmm. where, where we're trying to set up somewhere because we think we're pregnant Right. You know, it's it's really unfortunate. Maybe I should stop assuming that they are because <laughs> yeah. I just didn't even go with that because I just assumed she was fixed. And because mm-hmm. my my both my females that are long time ago mm-hmm. spayed mm-hmm. do this behavior and they, they're making their bed. So mm-hmm. so it's, it's just one of those things. If we're not spayed, it would be something to check on even more. But uh, to but again, just another we were talking earlier about the problems of not being spayed or neutered. This is one mm-hmm. of them. And incidentally, Los Angeles yeah. uh, County has made it mandatory to have oh. dogs spayed or neutered. Have they really? Los Good Angeles for them. That, which is, which is uh, pretty interesting. And because, you know, Los Angeles, if one thing they can do, and that, that is uh, stop crime. So it's going to be interesting to see how they <laughs> <Yeah>. handle, handle <laughs> uh, figuring that out. But, but no, it is, now, it is now legality in Los Angeles that you need to have your pet spayed or neutered. Okay. Not both, but just one or the other. <laughs> yeah, because you really can't do both. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but that's, that's the latest thing there. Yeah, 800-259-9231. We're going to help you with your pet, whatever the problem might be. And uh, if you got a dog, it's starting to get warm out, and uh, the dogs are spending mm-hmm. a little more time outside. Uh, new behaviors mm-hmm. creeping back in. Bad mm-hmm. behaviors that you thought you had wrapped up last mm-hmm. year might be creeping back in. How to rectify those? Is the dog uh, being fence aggressive? Is he is he digging up the yard? Is he uh, is he uh, uh, you know? Uh, You've named just about everything 
that I've seen in my neighborhood while walking my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that fence aggression is mm-hmm. a difficult... Uh, Barrier is aggression a, is, is an issue. Is, mm-hmm. is a little trick. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of tricky mm-hmm. um, and, and, and can be a pretty dangerous habit to get into for, mm-hmm. for a dog because uh, then it can lead to aggression uh, on the other side. We'll talk a little <laughs> bit more about that coming up. If you got a problem like that, we can help uh, rectify it. And, and uh, lots of stuff coming up in the show today. We still have... Uh, Brad has the news... Uh, we'd like to peruse through in the National Animal, uh, keep you informed about what's going on in the world, and, of course, uh, uh, your phone calls helping you out there. And, of course, the website is there for your help as well throughout the week uh, to get a hold of us electronically. Brad, did you have a, uh, an email that we wanted to look at? Sure. Dear Animal Talk. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. How much is too much to spend on a dog? My mom is 75, and she spends what I consider way too much on her Chihuahua, Pedro. It's not that I'm looking forward to the inheritance. It's just that I think it's become an obsession, and she spends too much on the dog. What is too much? And this is signed, Don. Well, you know, what is what is too much? I mean, is, to one is, person. is she, you know... Is she eating like uh, generic dog food, and the dog is getting steak? <laughs> uh, I mean, is she, you know, is is but, it to that point, or um, you know, it, you know, is she not making her rent payment because mm-hmm. uh, she's buying extra gold-studded collars mm-hmm. for the dog? Uh, and if not, if everything's fine, if she has the money, then you know, if it makes her happy, mm-hmm. and you're not worried about your inheritance, then um, you know, don't worry about it. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, we might think it's you know extravagant mm-hmm. uh you know i buy i'll buy kirby kirby likes you know like store-bought toys he he has very little interest in in most store-bought toys you throw a toilet paper roll on the ground occupied for hours hours <laughs> <laughs> now see both of my dogs really like the the like christmas time when you finish using the wrapping paper the big giant i call it the big giant toilet paper roll yeah, that's what yeah, it looks like my dogs love that that uh-huh. will occupy them for hours but Last night, um, while I was out doing the training, I ended up going to, uh, and I purchased some toys, actually, for, right. for my dogs and, and a friend of mine's dog. And uh, I couldn't even get them out fully because they were clipped in and everything. Yeah. And my my mom's dog went crazy and actually tried to take the toy from me without it being unpackaged. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, and this is something, if, I, if I'm somewhere where I'll see something like just picking up this one toy for my friend's dog... Um, it's something that I know he's been looking for for his dog for quite some time. They hasn't been able to find, and I found it in Chicago. Mm-hmm. There you go. So you know, is that is that a problem? I don't think so. Mm. You know, you know, it's something I go to more places than than a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. So I get to see a lot more. But I've seen all the accessories that are out there for dogs. You can have a designer purse. You can uh-huh. have that's for your dog. But, but the you can have the, the, that's not for the dog. I mean, that's well, no, it, it time, really is for the. But I mean, it's not for the dog though, because no. there's no dog who's saying, oh, "I need look an at that purse. I love it." Right. Not doing that. Well, the the funniest thing that the what struck me and and what you're saying, it's not for the dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there was a a wall of little coats, little t-shirts that had sayings on them that yeah. people can put on their dogs, and one of them said, "Mommy is single." Uh. <laughs> And this, and I laughed because I personally would never put that on a dog. Sure, sure. Because uh-huh. <laughs> that just invites far too many crazy things. <laughs> but how funny is that? And it, it is. It's it's not for them. It's making her happy. It's making the mom happy to do this for the dog. She likes to dress up the dog or whatever. Hey, you know. But the dog park is the new grocery store. You're right. You're right. It is. It really is. <laughs> not, not that you're picking up things there to eat necessarily. No, but, no, no. Uh, the pickup. Pick you're up picking thing. up things there. You're. Uh, really? You're just. You're not. Oh yeah. Haven't you grocery known anybody who's there. who's met somebody at a grocery store? One of my old uh, co-workers. I always got yeah, to shave and and look good before I go to the grocery store. Really? Oh yeah. Really? Oh. You've been off the market a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, had an uncle. I had an uncle who met people at a rest stop, but that's another story. <laughs> How is your Uncle George doing? Anyway? He's, fine. He's got that new tour coming. <laughs> but, uh, the, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you're, so basically, so, oh, that's interesting. But again, dogs, though, I'll say this. When, when we got my old dog, Winston, when English uh-huh. Bulldog, I was a senior in vet school. I was engaged. It was my wife's dog. We put a T-shirt on the dog and walked through campus. Mm-hmm. Um, at Michigan State, at a Michigan State, uh, Jersey. Oh, yeah. And I swear to you, 
I, I can walk, I walk through anonymously through my time in Michigan State, <laughs> where we're like, you know how off makes you invisible to mosquitoes? Yeah. That's what I had something like that on when regards to women. And the thing is, <laughs> all of a sudden, it was like I had a magnet. Yeah. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like everybody came mm-hmm. over to talk to me. And, uh, and it was just like, it's just like, who's this? This is my girlfriend. And so the, but the but the thing is is that 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 yeah the dog it's it's for the people it's to socialize it's to mm-hmm. talk about it makes her happy you mm-hmm. know chill out let her let her enjoy life what does she care mm-hmm. maybe if you were around more maybe if you called her <laughs> oh laying in a little guilt there you look at you it's almost it's almost right now it's coming up on May and that's that's the month I call my mom. So, you know, <laughs> every year, on, on every birthday, year in May on her birthday, I call her on her birthday. Yeah. Well, I have one of my workers call her, but still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good son. Mm, I look a little gift at her door and run. <laughs> <laughs> you throw it so it hits the doorbell. <laughs> oh, get a stick to get the doorbell from off the porch. Gets me a little bit of a lead. Oh, but no, I think awful. I don't think there's. We don't, I think all of us agree. There's nothing wrong. Spend whatever mm-hmm. you want on yeah. your dog. Mm-hmm. As you know, yeah. if, it's, if you're living your life and, normally, you right? Know. Yeah. And you're, yeah. And nothing's foregoing for the sake of this dog having this latest, greatest thing. It's, then there's nothing to worry about. Yep, definitely. Whatever the problem is, we have the stars of animal knowledge ready and willing to <laughs> help you out. And uh, Brad, if someone has a a, a young dog. Um, it's spring is in the air. It's, it's, it's love is in the air. Is it, uh, is it something to be concerned about that, uh, the dogs might, uh, is it, is it, Hey, lock them up. Uh, is that really, is this, is this the season for, uh, getting freaky? Is for, it, is it the season de doggy amour? Yes. Uh, <laughs> is there a season for that or is it just, uh, there's multiple seasons yeah. for that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as, as most women know, dogs are looking for love all over the place, but, uh, but, uh, yes, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it, there, it is you will see that more in the spring and you're going to see a lot more hit by car dogs because mm-hmm. the intact males are going to be jumping the fence uh a lady already told me she found a boxer dog that was across the street jumped over a six foot fence and was in her yard six foot fence mm-hmm. J- jumped over and uh uh, and uh, as long as they have little gas tanks at the back end there, they're going to be uh, yeah. they're going to be moving to try to get so, there. But so. really, a, a, a neuter will re- really. Turns the gas off. It helps. Uh, yeah. Remember my analogy, the old man at the beach analogy. Yeah. Um, uh, old men at the beach will watch young women run around because they've done it their whole lives. They don't have hormones telling them to do it anymore, but uh, that's what's fun. I know I've done it forever, and uh, it's not that hormones there, it's the learned behavior. So you're going to have some learned behavior from uh-huh. uh, wanting to run, from being intact for a long time, yeah. but that will dissipate. And the younger you neuter them, the less chance you have of having a dog hit by a car or having unwanted pregnancies or uh, or. And then, you know what? If you have a female that's intact, you have a less chance of having a male dog in your yard oh. um, uh, mm-hmm. doing that. One of the problems we get into is uh, you have a male dog. Well, I neutered my male, and my female still is intact. Well, guess what? Your male dog's going to be fighting soon because there's going to be another male in his yard uh-huh. um, going after the female. And all of a sudden, you have a brawl. So, oh, and then what if the kids walk out there? Yep. And yep, you get yep. a dog that you don't know the temperament of who has got one thing on his mind, and it's not the safety of your kids. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly it's like the end of Othello. Everybody getting attacked and tying up on this <laughs> Wow, he's trying to class up the joint with the uh, Shakespeare reference. Unbelievable. But, uh, but anyway, but no, yeah, it's, it's, it's a better thing to, mm-hmm. as you say, it's a, it's a good point. To, this is the time of year you should really think about getting your pet yeah. or neutered. It's just... It's just uh, Again, there are stacks of dead puppies every, mm. every, every day at these mm-hmm. at shelters. You need to do something to help out. Yeah. It's a simple thing to do. And not only that, you, you had brought up the hit by car. I can't tell you how many lost pet reports we have done in the past, oh mm. gosh, two Whether weeks. And it's sadly. Um, one of them has, yes. Yeah. One of them has. And it's, it's a rough situation. A pet goes missing. And this is usually why, because every dog that I've listed as as missing currently is not neutered. Mm-hmm. And this is the time of year that they take off. Weather's changing things. They've they've got the urge, so they're gone. Mm-hmm. They split. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like Bob said, please spay and neuter your pets. There's a, <laughs> there's a whole lot of reasons. There's a whole lot of reasons to do it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More animal talk on the way. We got the bad animal joke of the week coming up. We got Brad's news and the national animal keeping you informed. And of course, your phone call. AnimalTalkRadio.com. GCN Live keeps us streaming. 
and uh, keeps the podcast going for you. So check them out through our website, AnimalTalkRadio.com. Jamie, Donna, Dr. Brad, Rourke's coming up in the next hour as well. Animal Talk, it is America's Pet Show. And all this one-stop shop for all that stuff, mm-hmm. electronic, is AnimalTalkRadio.com. Of course, your emails come in there, and we like mm-hmm. to answer those uh, throughout the week and on the weekend. Do you have one over there, Brad, that we were going to... Sure do, dear Animal Talk. Hey, a letter for me. I'm going to have to edit this down. It's a long letter, but it's, uh, my question is about our 11-year-old female, 100-pound dog. Her name is Bear, and she's a mix of Husky, Collie, and German Shepherd. She's been a wonderful dog for our family. However, for the past two years, she has been constantly incontinent. She lives outdoors year-round with a heated bed in the garage for the winter. Each time I put down pee-pee pads in her crate as they are saturated on a daily basis. Complicating Bear's existence is the Jindo dog my husband obtained two years ago. As an alpha male, Kato makes Bear's life a bit more complicated. He irritates her just when she'd like to spend time lying around. My question is, how on earth do we make this work so that this dominant young dog leaves alone the 11-year-old dog? And this is signed, I'm sorry, Karen. Well, (laughs) there's no way you can really make that happen. Mm -hmm. Your 11-year-old dog has to make it happen for her. Okay. Um, this is something that uh, I have a 15-year-old dog and a 9-year-old dog, and the 15-year-old dog knows very well that she has to take care of it when the 9-year-old dog becomes dominant to her. If When a dog doesn't like what's happening to them, they will make a stand over it. If your dog doesn't make a stand over it, then she's okay being the more submissive of the two. Every dog, uh, every household that has a dog, you have a pack, and within that pack you have a high-ranking all the way to the bottom barrel. So somebody has to fill each of those spots. Mm-hmm. So naturally, if you have a more dominant animal, they will be where they are in that pack order. Having a submissive animal, whether age means nothing, you can have an older dog that is more dominant than a younger dog. Mm-hmm. If your older dog really, really was tired of it, she'd let her know. Mm-hmm. So and, and I don't like the owners to get involved with this because then the dogs don't sort any of this, this out. And it can actually make the behavior worse. And you can actually see more problems arise from this because they've never sorted out what their pack order will be. And if, if uh, what I've seen happen in rare circumstances where the owner does uh, try to intervene is the owner ends up getting hurt. Mm-hmm. So what I'd say is with this young dominant dog, the first order of business is to make sure that this young dominant dog understands that you and everybody in the household, human-wise, is the leader of the pack Mm -hmm. by getting this dog enrolled in basic obedience work. Make sure that the dog respects you before you try to get involved with anything. And then through working on that basic obedience with this younger dog, and even though you may know how to train your dog, the, what the classes do is they really help the dog deal with different stressful situations. And also, depending on the, the trainer that you're working with, they may even be able to recognize, because not all trainers are behaviorists, so I do want to state that, um, they, but they may be able to look and see, okay, your dog respects you, this is great, or no, your dog doesn't respect you, and here's how we need to handle this. So this is something where whether you know how to train or not, you can put them into a class, and this will help you in every area that, that we're dealing with with this dog. Is this a Milani sort of question, Caesar Milani? <laughs> Caesar Milani. <laughs> um, what do you mean by As that? Milan esque. This sounds like something that yeah. he would say. Sounds like he he would handle it. You know, like yeah. Uh, when is... when you're dealing with it, because it, it is something when when you have dogs, many dogs together. When you have many different personalities together, it can be very difficult for the average owner. And I'm not saying that that you're not educated or you don't know. You just don't understand what's going on with your dog right now. So this is where a professional comes in handy. And somebody with a background like Cesar Milan, uh, a trainer behaviorist, is really the avenue that you want to pursue here. It's not just seeking out a dog trainer. You want to find somebody who has that, that behavior background to work with you. Because they may see things in your dog that you weren't even aware were there. All right. Does that happen often? Yes. That it can go deeper psychologically for the dog? Yes. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, it sounds like, yeah, I know, it sounds like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm I'm not talking psychology necessarily. You know, this is. But yes, there there could be a lot of issues that you're dealing with, right? Right, and there's there's probably a lot of issues, and and it's very hard to say over just reading an email that's Mm -hmm. maybe a paragraph long. Sure, Um, there may be a lot of other issues that are going on in the home that they're not aware is an issue right Mm -hmm. now. 
So this is where having working with somebody. So it's, it can be a very delicate situation and, and always bringing in a professional to, to help you out. All right. And, uh, of course, uh, if you have a problem with a reptile, something cold blooded, our buddy Rourke uh, is just, uh, uh, just the, 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 the king snake himself. Mm-hmm. He, really, he really is. And uh, he has this whole menagerie of uh, just wild and scaly and reptilious creatures uh, down at the reptile safari. And uh, actually, last summer, Donna made a trip down there. Uh, to begin her uh, desensitizing to uh, one of her major fears, the gators themselves, and uh, just a fantastic place. But you know, it, it, I, I don't think I don't think I'm quite over that fear, and I think it's actually gotten bad again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to send you back down to another Animal Talk house call. Whatever the problem is, the stars of Animal Knowledge are here, ready and willing to help you out. And uh, of course, uh, the website AnimalTalkRadio.com. Brad, do we have an email there that we wanted to uh, deal with? Yes, we do. It's called Dear Animal Talk. What's this, fan mail from a flounder? I have recently heard that properly clipping a dog's nails is important to the dog's overall health. Mm-hmm. I purchased a pair of clippers from a pet store, and I am worried about clipping too short and hurting my little dog. I'm hoping for any advice or rule of thumb in clipping a dog's nails. And this is from Joe. Clipping the nails. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if you've never done it before, the first thing that I would recommend is you go into the vet mm-hmm. or a groomer and ask them to show you mm-hmm. how to do it properly. That way you, and, and you know, it doesn't matter how many years you've been trimming nails, inevitably you will clip one too short. Mm-hmm. So keep on hand a styptic powder or a styptic pencil mm-hmm. um, so that in, in the event that we do trim one too short, you can, you can stop the, the bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be my recommendation is start first by going, seeking a professional who can show you the proper way to do it because there is a proper way. And depending on the style of clippers that you have, you have to be very careful with that. Um, with the, the, um, oh, totally blanking on the name. Resco? Yes. Um, you would, thank you. You have to be kind of careful and you want to make sure that you don't angle those too much or you can, you can actually mm-hmm. trim quite a bit off. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is something, get somebody to show you how to do it first, mm-hmm. show you how far to take, when to recognize, when you need to stop. Mm-hmm. And if your dog, and this is going to be the big, the big thing, if your dog doesn't like to have it done when you do go to a vet or a groomer, then you have to desensitize him before you try to do this on your own. And it, it usually is a two-person job, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah, it's a very dogs is like a twelve person. Yes, (laughs) yes, it can be. (laughs) I I had huge, massive Popeye forearms for the when the year when I was working in the clinics from wrestling dogs. Yeah, who didn't like nail trims? So Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the the other thing is with nail trims, always take off too little. Yes, you can. You can always take. You can always take off more. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And the other thing, if your dog doesn't like the sound, because most commonly dogs object to the sound and the grabbing of the feet. So once you've desensitized them to you grabbing their feet, and they're comfortable with that, and they know that you're not going to kill them or hurt them, um, the next step is to desensitize them to the noise of the clippers, because they they do make quite a bit of noise. And if your dog has thick nails, tough nails, if he's a big breed of dog, it can be. You know, you, you make sure your clippers are very sharp. You don't want to, you don't want to have dog clippers for that. Mm-hmm. But the sound can be really bothersome to the dog. So if you find that that's the case, another alternative for you is uh, a Dremel tool. Mm-hmm. I've known many people to use a Dremel tool. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And again, you're filing the nail down, um, just like they're in a beauty salon. You're going to file the nail down and doing it very slowly, gradually taking a small amount off. The Dremel doesn't make a whole lot of noise. Or you can use a standard nail file. Like a, I'd go for like the big, thick ones you get at the store. But mm-hmm. you can file nails as well. And start when they're young. Absolutely. Uh, uh, it's, 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 again, what you do when they're puppies um, and, or kittens, that's what it's going to be okay later on. It's when right. you try to introduce a new activity yes. that it's not normal. That it's stressful. Uh, SeaWorld is a great example. Every time when uh, they Shamu gets examined every day. All of the, all of the mm-hmm. creatures get examined every day by the, their trainers, so when the vets do it, it's a normal thing, and right. they position themselves. The same thing. If you right. get and the animal learning at a young age, it's okay. It will be okay. Right, and this is what I teach in my puppy class. I call it the puppy massage, where they you do. Once you, you've taught the dog to calm down, you do the puppy massage to get them used to that handling. And this is what I've always told people, using my, my vet tech experience, I always have told people the horror stories of, of what I've gone through 
dealing with animals that are stressed out when they come into the clinic and how easier it makes our lives as the the professionals to see a dog that really doesn't care whatever we do and it, we actually really look forward to seeing that dog when we see their name on the on the schedule we go yes this one's coming in today we, this is going to be an easy dog this is going to be so great to work on when when there are other ones on there and we look and go mm Okay, let's get ready for this one. We know that we have to put more time and effort into making this dog uh, go through the motions of a physical exam. So it helps out in puppyhood. And I've always taught this in my puppy class for that reason, desensitize them to all of the weird stuff that is going to happen in their life. Believe it or not, part of my puppy uh, massage that I tell people to do is to lift the tail. Okay. You wouldn't think much of that particular action taking place. but No, no I wouldn't think much of that at all. But <laughs> And by that you mean the animal's tail. Yes, I do. I mean the animal's tail. Um, but what, what happens is uh, just in, again, working in the field, you would go to take a temperature. And yes, that is really the most effective way to take an animal's temperature. You go to lift the tail and one of two things is going to happen. Well, one of three things is going to happen. The dog might sit down because you've lifted the tail and they don't want that, so they just sit. That's their passive-aggressive way. Mm -hmm. um, they'll turn around and bite you. That's the aggressive way. And the third thing that we hope for is they'll just stand there. So if you desensitize them to the lifting of the tail, another thing that I've told people to do is periodically, uh, when your dog is in the same room with you, just periodically grab a foot. And even if you don't have kids, I don't have kids. I have a 15-year-old dog and a 9-year-old dog. I don't know if either or both of these dogs will be around by the time I do have children, but they had to be child ready just in case that did happen. So my dogs had to be understanding that if I pick up a leg, it's my leg until I give it back to you. If I lift your tail, it's my tail until I give it back to you. If I stick my finger in your ear, that's just par for course. Mm -hmm. My five-year-old niece can do anything to both of my dogs because they've they've gone through this since puppyhood, and my five year old niece likes to wrestle with my dogs, oh, okay. and they they have no problems with anything that she does to them, because they're so used to the weird things that go on. So yeah. as weird as it seems for you, mm -hmm. the best thing you can do for your dog is to pay attention to what the vet does when he's examining your dog. Pay attention to what the groomer does. Ask to watch a grooming if you have a dog that needs that grooming. Mm -hmm. Watch it. See what they have to do, what areas of the body they have to encounter and look at and touch. And those are the things that you want to do during your desensitizing period. This almost mockingly. Plus, it helps because you're the first line of defense as an owner to know what's normal for your dog. Okay. So if you're doing a physical exam on your dog every day, you'll know if a new lump appears. You'll know if, if mm. there's something wrong. That's that. Well, that's great advice. And, and well, and when you're doing the trim too, and if you do, if you cut off too much, it's you don't really want that to happen because otherwise the dogs will be running around going, "Charlie, they cut off my thumb. Charlie, my thumb, my." <laughs> she looks very puzzled. Brad is laughing hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> Pope of Greenwich Village. All right. 800-259-9231. You knew exactly what I was talking about. Uh, 800, that was just all for you, Brad. This, again, the segment's brought to you by ObscureReferences.com. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I looked it up. Because uh, I was going to say Polly, but that was actually Polly who was saying that. Uh -huh. uh, Polly, they cut off my thumb. It's actually Polly saying it. But all right. And, and, uh, of course, uh, Brad likes to, uh, he's, he scours the Internet uh, every week. He does. He uh, scours the Internet, <laughs> pulling together information for you, and he uh, pulls together a segment we like to call uh, the National Animal. He pulls, he pulls together all the news uh, that's fit to print and gets it to you. Oh, I've, lost <laughs> my, I've lost my way here, Brad. Uh, <laughs> yes. All right. And uh, he, he gathers all the news for you, and he brings it together in a segment we like to call The National Animal. Your radio tabloid news source. What? The National Animal. All right, Brad, what's in the news? Seagull returns. They leave the light on for him. A seagull has made his annual return to a Super 8 motel in Minnesota, <laughs> where he is known for tapping on the front door of the lobby until staffers hand over a donut. The bird, named Steven Seagull, has for years shown up at the Duluth Motel to do his tap routine and chase away other gulls looking for his daily donut. The bird was named after actor Steven Seagull. 
Seagal, I'm sorry, named after actor Steven Seagal, who is now works as a night clerk at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I find that hard to believe. That really. Seagal does that or that he works as a night clerk yeah, at the hotel? No, no, I mean, who really goes back to... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, so you went with them. That's a better punchline. <laughs> but I wanted to make fun of Steven Seagal. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Which is... Okay. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Kentucky snakes seized as owner loses fingers. A Kentucky man wasn't around when officers seized reptiles from his home. That's because he was at the hospital having fingers amputated after a snake bite. The State Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources seized seven rattlesnakes, a gaboon viper, a king cobra, an iguana, two monitor lizards, two alligators, a boa constrictor, and a python. It's like a Herper Christmas carol there. (laughs) The the 36-year-old Campbellsville, Kentucky man, faces 15 counts of transporting wildlife into into Kentucky without a transportation permit and 10 counts of possessing inherently dangerous animals. The man couldn't put his finger on when things got out of hand, but then he really can't put a finger on anything now, can he? (laughs) Oh... <laughs> Was that the bad animal joke? Nope. <laughs> That's fun uh, with other people's misfortune. <laughs> All right. Darwin yeah. Scientists try for remote control fish. What? This from Boston. Call them Pavlov's fish. Scientists are testing a plan to train fish to catch themselves by swimming into a net when they hear a sound that means feeding time. A marine researcher said, It sounds crazy. But it's real. He said these remote control fish could someday be used to bolster the depleted stock of black sea bass. Uh, this proves that fish are more weak-minded than men, as, they, as sound brings them to the net. Well, it takes porn to bring men to the net. <laughs> and by the way, it's thought to be the worst sound ever from a net, but besides, of course, anything at AvrilLevine.com. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> one more. That was a twofer. All right. One This is written in British, and I didn't have time to translate it. Okay. So it might, some of it might still be in British. I'm okay. sorry. Hair <laughs> of the dog. A Newcastle couple kept keep the memory of their beloved dogs alive after turning their hair into woolly sweaters. Brian and Beth Willis has his and her jumpers knitted up sweaters knitted out of the hair molted by the pedigree pets and spun into yarn. The first sweater was knitted by the 71-year-old Mrs. Willis from the hair of Kara, the couple's white Samoyed. Mrs. Willis said it's not actually the hair but a wool, which is why it is so good for clothes. It would just fall off the dogs, and I would run a wet hand over the carpet and pick it up. We found out from the breeders we got pups from that it was possible to use their coat for clothes. Apparently is quite popular with lots of people who breed long-haired dogs. They made their first sweater in 1990 while Kara was still alive. Although she died 12 years ago, the sweater made from her hair is still going strong. Mm-hmm. Now most of their wardrobe comes from the hair of their dogs. Their new sweaters can be seen in the April edition of Creepy, Creepy British Couple Monthly. <laughs> I actually know somebody who did that. Who did? Really? Yes. She was a vet. Really? Yes. Uh, a doctor I used to work with. Um, actually, she wasn't the one who knitted it, mm-hmm. but a friend of hers did. Made her a pair of mittens out of her golden retriever's fur. And it, and it was just a way to, to kind of always have a piece of, of the dog with her. Mm-hmm. And what she would do is um, she would brush. And every, every year, of course, when the shedding would really be happening, um, blowing the coat season, she would brush out the dog and then take the bags and give the bags to her friend who would then spin it and, and turn it into yarn. And I saw a documentary about this. It was about a woman who uh, was trying to get enough Dalmatians to make a coat. Um, and, <laughs> no, 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 and, no, 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 uh, no. I forgot how many she needed, but there was a lot of, of, of Dalmatians. The, the she thing needed. is, is probably this like is... just over 100. Yeah, it was something like that. Yep. It was just, it was some, I, I think it was, no, I think it was like 98. Okay, but uh, but she needed that many to do it. Now, was this a fascinating, a fascinating documentary? Absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I mean you're using the hair. That that documentary that you were watching, not so much. Um, oh. Oh. Yeah, but uh, but using the hair. So I actually do know somebody who who has done this. And um, before you ask, no, this is not something that I will knit. Uh huh. You, oh, you're a knitter. I am. That's true. And you will not knit dog. No. It's okay. Right. I will not knit dogs. I will not. And, and, and that's the news. <laughs> no, so I'm really sorry if you guys were looking forward to a dog sweater uh, this year for Christmas. It's it's not going to happen. Googly moly. <laughs> <laughs> sure, dear Animal Talk. Oh, a chain letter. 
Last week, you guys were talking about Todd Oliver, the ventriloquist who uses his dog as part of his act. What's your opinion about animals being used in show business? Don't you think that's kind of mean? And this is signed, James. Well, James... You weren't here. James, the ventriloquist, he has a, he has a Boston Terrier that mm-hmm. he has an appliance attached to the dog, and he does, he talks for the dog. And it's a very oh. funny act. And Jamie, of course, did his, his hangout. Jamie, Mr. Branson. He yes. was down in Branson. Branson, and, Missouri. Oh, And, and okay. uh, he, saw, he saw him perform. Yes. Um, well, there are so many watchdogs um, in Hollywood, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping an eye mm-hmm. on the movie industry and television uh, and animals being mm-hmm. used in those facets of uh, uh, of entertainment. Uh, there's a, a larger movement going on now with uh, circuses. Mm-hmm. Um, now you get roadside circuses, smaller circuses, uh, state uh, you know smaller, not necessarily state fairs because those are pretty big affairs, mm-hmm. but but smaller like uh, you know just sideshow mm-hmm. fairs going on, uh, and there could be trouble. But as long as the animals are being treated humanely, Mm -hmm. um, my only problem is that uh, they're making more money than me. (laughs) Really. Then, then you need to get a dog, and we'll train him to do some really cute stuff. Right. You know, you know, in the movie, I was talking Escape from Alcatraz, the Clint Eastwood movie, Escape mm-hmm. from Alcatraz. There's a scene where the Birdman of Alcatraz mm-hmm. has a, has a maggot, and he feeds the maggot to a bird. They had to use a fake maggot because there were people there making sure that no maggot was injured in yeah, the right. making of the movie, there and you. no maggot was mistreated. So animals are tre- generally, as you say, they're watched pretty close. All right, Donna's got some comments on this too, and we're going to let her cut loose right after the break. <laughs> and and uh, whatever the problem is, the pet professionals are here, ready and willing to help you out. And uh, of course, uh, just standing by uh, for your cold-blooded questions, we got our buddy Rourke from ReptileSafari.org, Donna. She, we like to call her Mother Nature's second cousin. She is so in tuned <laughs> with uh, the critters. She really is. Um, it, she, they love she, me. They do. Uh, <laughs> and she's, she's got this special bond, and uh, she can help you create one of those bonds with your pet, so they'll do what it is that uh, will make both of you the happiest. <laughs> and then uh, Dr. Brad has that whole doctor thing going oh, for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got all your medical concerns covered. If you got a medical question... Or concern about your pet, uh, Dr. Brad is here to help you out as well. 800-259-9231. The website, animaltalkradio.com, a way to get a hold of us electronically. Brad, did you have an email we wanted to work with there? Well, we, we, were, we were wrapping up. No, yes. we were talking about uh, animals being used in entertainment. Thank you for <laughs> reminding me. And that uh, the caller's concern was... Uh, that uh, uh, you know, are they mistreated? Is it is it fair that animals? Is it is it right morally to mm-hmm. use animals uh, in entertainment? We were talking about Todd Oliver, who was last week we talked about a ventriloquist yeah. who uh, uses his dog as part of his act. Hilarious, yeah. funny, and the dog just looks to be enjoying it. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. It's just like a game you play with your owner. But mm-hmm. but uh, what, what do you think about this, Donna? Yeah. You know, and as you both said, there there are checks and balances in places for for a lot in place for a lot of these situations, especially in Hollywood, um, TV, and all of that. Now, it, there's nothing wrong with it. Dogs love jobs. They love praise. And they're doing something that makes them happy. So having having a dog as part of your act, teaching them to do things. I mean, my dogs, why why do I bother teaching my dog to army crawl? Because I think it's cute. I had nothing more to do with that, but it is something that she naturally will do anyway. So a lot of times when you're when you're looking to use an animal in, in that type of a situation, you're teaching them something they would most likely do if they were out in the wild anyway. Mm-hmm. Sit there, and they'll sit. They'll lay down. They'll jump over things. They'll crawl under things. So, you, teaching them to perform like that, there's there's really nothing wrong with that. Um, I enjoy it. I have nothing wrong with it as long as it's done responsibly. Mm-hmm. And it also for dogs, it gives them a focus. I oh mean, it gives gosh. them something to do. Right, dogs, and and that's what I said. You know, dogs love jobs. Giving giving a any breed of dog, whether it's a hunting breed, a a uh, a sporting breed, non-sporting breed, a toy breed. It gives them something to do. Dogs hate to be bored. So if you're in a constant state of training, which these dogs are, when you're a performer, you are in a constant state of training. That dog is always busy. That dog is always fulfilled. That dog goes home every day and feels like it accomplished something. Not mm-hmm. that you know they can look back and do it, but they have that sense of, I've done something. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't need to chew on your on your table because I've done something today. I got mm-hmm. that energy out of me. I got to do something. So providing this, and as I said, they are in training 
every day of their life. Mm-hmm. Every day of their life. And honestly, I don't know a dog that wouldn't be happier by that. Mm-hmm. Especially some of these breeds you see being used, terriers in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, you said he had a Boston Terrier. Terriers have to be busy. Mm-hmm. And the, the movie My Dog Skip, that was a Jack Russell. Again, you're talking a terrier. Um, there's nothing better for a Jack Russell than to be active, to be doing things. So mm-hmm. this is actually great for the dog. It's great for the owner. And it gives you um, that, that bond because you're in daily training with your dog. So you get to spend a lot of time with your pet, which is mm-hmm. what your pet wants. It would have to be worse, actually, for kids in show business because they do need a focus outside of show business, whereas dogs don't. No. Pets don't, and mm-hmm. kids, kids get uh, too focused on that, and mm-hmm. you know, it just seems like... Yeah, uh, a, dog, is, a dog doesn't lose its childhood. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? A dog uh-huh. doesn't look back and go, oh, geez, I wish I would have had time to do that. It, mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> they don't get... It doesn't matter to them. So, so it is, it's actually it's a very fulfilling life for a dog mm-hmm. or a cat. Or squirrel. Or bird. <laughs> or bird. Yeah. Absolutely. And well, except for maybe the dog that played tiger on the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. The, 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 when you t- think about what happened to him. When yeah. He started robbing gas stations. <laughs> yeah. As soon as he left the show, he yeah. started robbing gas stations. Mm-hmm. No hydrant was safe. Nope. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. And then the cat summarily dismissed mm-hmm. straight away. Mm-hmm. Kind of like. The older brother Chuck unhappy days. <laughs> there's a cat. There's a cat in episode one, episode two. Never no mention cat. cat again. <laughs> Out there, we are nerds because we both remember Chuck pretty clearly. I, I do remember Chuck. <laughs> that is one reference I remembered. <laughs> Basketball. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Richie got a room of his own now, and uh, the website is there for uh, electronic entertainment and information and uh, we like to let you get a hold of us electronically throughout the week uh, animaltalkradio.com our syndicator genesis at uh, gcn live the boys there uh keep us up on the satellite and uh, streaming it and then uh, have the podcast that people can uh, tune into and download and take with them wherever they want to go uh lots of information on the web there stored for you electronically and uh, just uh, one-stop shop for all your Animal Talk stuff, uh, and really the stuff, because there's T-shirts and everything involved, mm-hmm. uh, AnimalTalkRadio.com. And, of course, we like to have a little fun uh, along the way. Oh, wow, what am I doing here? That's, I hit the wrong button. There you go. Michael's voice was deeper. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> it's time for... The Bad Animal Joke of the Week. Who's bad? All righty. Bad Animal Joke of the Week. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Bad Animal Joke of the Week. Here we go. Hey, Brad. Yes, Mr. Jamie. A couple of kids standing outside the water. One says the other, hey, do you think we should swim here? I heard there were crocodiles. The other one says, oh, it's okay. The sharks will scare them away. I don't know. Bad animal joke of the week there. All right, the nonsensible joke of the week. <laughs> if a horse were that lame, we'd shoot it. <laughs> All right. Hey, come on. Ten years old. What do you want? All right. 800-259-9231 or jamie at animaltalkradio.com if you'd like to send in your own bad animal joke of the week we'd like to subject everybody else to it so please do uh jamie at animaltalkradio.com send us your bad animal jokes <laughs> and and we're still doing it it hasn't stopped <laughs> that's uh yeah so that was uh that uh, a throwback to 2008 we were podcasting back in 2008 we were on the we were trendsetters but all that stuff is gone there's right? been a lot of bad animal jokes, haven't there? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah, but uh, that that syndicator that we worked with, you know, they had all this stuff up and on li- on the line, yeah. and uh, it's all gone. So that's why I figure we'll kick some of these out now and again. Nice. Get some yeah. of the old fun uh, back out on the line again. Sam, do you do you know who Chuck is in Happy Days? Yes. Okay, you did. <laughs> Was that, was, was that a yes with a question? Chuck? <laughs> who was Chuck? Chuck? <laughs> I know Chuck. No? Yeah. Who, who was he? You weren't listening. No. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you don't all remember I heard, Happy Days? Well, I know what it is. Yeah. I know like one character. 
Yeah. Maybe like two. Fonzie. I'm sorry. I don't know Chuck. I'm sorry, <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> no, in like the first handful of episodes, they, there was, you know, Joni Chuck. and Richie. Um, yeah. And then there was an older brother, Chuck. And then all of a sudden he was just gone. <laughs> and just met, no mention of him. Never came to the Thanksgiving really? special. Nothing. Ah. So, yeah, yeah. Maybe they funny. didn't like it. Maybe – Maybe he died. Maybe, maybe it was, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, Korea or Vietnam time. So yeah, maybe. Wow, that's, too that's, soon. That really wasn't Vietnam. Funny, I hear Sam. it's nice. Oh uh, God! Oh no! No no! Can we cut that out? <laughs> no. Yeah, no. So wait, because oh God, I didn't mean to offend it. Yeah, Sam just laughs out loud yeah. because it's like a twitch. Yeah, I was thinking about something that happened yesterday. I wasn't laughing. She's at. a twitch. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the website, AnimalTalkRadio.com and all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Animal Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like and subscribe and comment and, and all that business on all the on all the places where you find us. We're all over the place through Podcast Detroit now and yep. um, on the SoundCloud and iTunes and all that. So, uh, Matt, thanks for hanging out, man. Hey, you know what? I, I enjoy being here. I really do. <laughs> no matter what we're doing, I always enjoy the conversation, the company. Yeah. You know, folks should click subscribe and listen because it's a really nice community in here. Aww, I'm going to cry. Me too. And then our adopted child, Sam. Woo, that's me. Thanks, yeah. Sam. You're Thanks. welcome. <laughs> Have a good week. Bye, guys. Bye.